In case you hadn't already guessed, this evening we're going to consider Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel, and we're looking at Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through to 16. It's recorded in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 that on the sixth day of creation, God made man in his image, male and female created he them. God formed man from the dust of the ground and he made the woman from one of the man's ribs. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. This evening as we look at chapter 4 of Genesis, we shall see that following on from those words, be fruitful and multiply, the two eldest children of Adam and Eve were conceived and brought forth. How much time had elapsed since the making of Adam and Eve by God and the birth of their firstborn, Cain, is not given. Neither is the age difference between Cain and his younger brother, Abel, given. What we do know is that sometime before the birth of Cain, his mother Eve was deceived by the serpent. Consequently, she ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She gave to Adam, her husband. He did eat of that fruit, even though the Lord had clearly said to him, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but... Of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. With regards to Adam's sin, the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, By one man sin entered the world, and death by sin. Furthermore, Paul went on to say, And so death passed on to all men, for that all have sinned. Consequently, everyone is conceived and born with original sin, which results in death and which passes on to all men, all people. The only exception was the sinless Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was miraculously conceived and brought forth by a virgin. Not only are we all born with original sin, but also we all commit sin. As such, we sin because we are natural born sinners. Every one of us. We come into this world as sinners with that original sin and we find it so easy to sin because we are sinners. This evening we shall see the consequences of sin being passed upon Cain, the firstborn of Adam and Eve. Look at verses 1 through to 4 again of chapter 4. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. 
In verse 2, we see that the older brother farmed the land, as did his father Adam, whereas Abel kept sheep. In the process of time, or at the end of days, the brothers made offerings unto the Lord. The process of time most likely refers to after the harvest. And as one might expect, Cain, the agriculturalist, the oldest brother, he offered fruit of the ground, whilst his younger brother, Abel, the shepherd, offered the firstlings of his flock. However, the Lord had respect unto or regard for Abel and his offering, but not for Cain and his offering. At this point, it's well worth noting that there is nothing in these verses to suggest that the offerings were sacrifices for sin. As such, jumping to the conclusion that Cain's offering was unacceptable to God because it was not a blood sacrifice is to be avoided. It's more prudent to dig a little deeper and focus on the offerers and not the offerings. In this instance, the New Testament is very helpful, as shall now be seen. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, faith is defined as the substance of what is hoped for. That is, hope looks ahead to a desirable outcome, and faith is what that outcome, or or rather that hope, is built upon. That's what hope is, looking forward to something good happening. You know, the, just the other day, I heard someone, someone said to me, well, I hope he's in heaven now and not in hell. I said, well, he is where he is. It's out of our control. You can hope as much as you want that so-and-so's in heaven, but, or, but he, he you know, you're looking forward, you're, you're say you're looking forward to something happening, but he's dead and he's already in heaven or he's already in hell. We leave it with God. Someone who jumps out of an aeroplane may well hope that he will have a safe landing because he is equipped with a parachute. However, his hope will not be 100% certain and that is because the substance of his hope, the parachute, might fail. It might not open. However, All whose faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ, his sinlessly perfect life on their behalf, his sacrificial death as he carried their sins in his own body and his resurrection from the dead, those people have a 100% certain hope of being with him in heavenly glory where he now is and that is because he is the substance of their hope and their faith is in him. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, it's written that without faith, it is impossible to please God. That makes sense to me. I trust it makes sense to you. If you don't have faith, there is nothing that you can do to please God. If the incarnate Son of God, who came into this world and laid down his life as a sacrifice for sin is not the substance of your hope. If your faith is not in Jesus, there is no way that you can do anything or offer anything that will be pleasing to God. In fact, 
If your faith is not in the Lord Jesus Christ, the wrath of God abides on you. When it comes to Abel, he was most certainly a man of faith, whereas his older brother Cain was not. That comes across very clearly in the New Testament. For example, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4, in verse 4 we're told that by faith, emphasis on the word faith there, by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Another emphasis there, he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. In that verse, Hebrews 11 verse 4, faith is attributed to Abel. Furthermore, he is referred to as righteous. And in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 23, verse 35, the Lord Jesus Christ referred to him as righteous Abel. Putting it all together, Abel was trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, whom God would, in the fullness of time, send into the world to atone for his sins. And long before that ever happened, Abel was declared righteous by God. He was justified by his faith in the, in the Christ who was to come into the world. And he was adorned with the righteousness of God through faith in the coming Christ. So much for Abel, but what about his big brother Cain? With him, what can be found in the New Testament is very different indeed. We're clearly told in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 12 that he was of the wicked one. In other words, he was of the devil. Cain was of the devil. Can you see what's going on in Genesis chapter 4 when I say we shouldn't look at the offerings, we should we do well to look at the offerers. The firstlings of the flock were offered by Abel, who was not seeking to earn favour with God or commend himself to God as being worthy of anything good from God. Rather, they were offered by someone whose acceptance before a holy and righteous God was by faith in the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. His faith in Jesus is what made him and his offering acceptable to God. Full stop. As for Cain, he was someone whose faith was not in the coming Saviour, the Lord Jesus. Consequently, he and his offering would never be acceptable to God. Let's have a look at verses 5 through to 7. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Cain's anger speaks volumes. We see anger in those verses. The Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? 
He was angry. Who was he angry with? He was angry with God for not having respect unto him and his offering. He had tried to earn favour with God and his endeavours were rejected by God. Even so, God was gracious and long-suffering with him. We see that in, we see that in verse 7 where God warned Cain of the consequences of continue, continuing in sin and unbelief. In that verse, sin is personified as a lurking beast of prey ready to spring upon its victim. Against this enemy, Cain was warned and commanded to rule over it. Cain exemplifies all who are seeking to earn favour as they pursue a religion of works instead of simply trusting in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ as repentant sinners. If that is you, then understand very clearly that God will have no respect unto you, nor anything that you put in the offering box, nor anything that you do. Nothing at all if your faith is not in Jesus. Let's have a look at verse 8. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him, he killed him. This verse gives details of the very first murder. Cain, having made an offering unto the Lord, killed his younger brother, Abel. How different that was to when God had finished his creative handiwork on the sixth day and he saw that everything he made was very good. But that's sin for you and by committing such a heinous act, faithless Cain was doing the lusts of his father the devil whom the Lord Jesus Christ said is a murderer from the beginning. The killing of Abel bears testimony to those words of Jesus. Verses 9 through to 10. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Having murdered his brother Abel, Cain hid his body in the earth. Maybe his parents, Adam and Eve, were completely ignorant of the evil that he had done, but the all-knowing God most certainly wasn't. The Lord said to him, Where is thy brother Abel? Thereby giving Cain, giving Cain an opportunity to prostrate himself in repentance and to cry out for mercy. However, instead of doing those things, he lied to God when he said, I know not. Furthermore, Cain insolently answered God with a question of his own. Am I my brother's keeper? Since when do we answer a question from God with our own question? And we see the arrogance and the unbelief in what he said there am I but my brother's keeper the Lord passed sentence on Cain and he was destined to live out his days as a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth which meant that he would be perpetually 
wandering around and he would have no peace. In response to receiving God's curse upon him, he said, my punishment is greater than I can bear. And he went on to say, everyone that findeth me shall slay me. Therefore, at that time, there was clearly no hint of any remorse from Cain for the sin that he committed, killing his own brother. His concern was for his own welfare. Even so, God graciously set a mark upon him and put into place safety measures for him. Coming back to Abel, he was a shepherd. Abel was a shepherd. Who might that remind you of, folks? Christ. Christ. Straight away, Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ, he is the good shepherd. What can be seen is that Abel is a type of Christ and he serves as a great big signpost pointing to Jesus. However, despite there being similarities between the Lord Jesus Christ and Abel who prefigured him, there are also some big differences. For example, Jesus, the good shepherd, gave his life or laid down his life for his sheep, whereas Abel's life was taken from him. Jesus offered himself as the sacrificial lamb of God, but Abel offered the firstborn of his sheep, the firstlings of his sheep. The shedding of the precious blood of Christ cleanses his sheep from all their sins, The shedding of Abel's blood resulted in Cain being cursed by God. In Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 6, the Lord Jesus Christ is referred to as the Lord our righteousness. His sheep are people who trust in his perfect obedience in life and in his death at the cross as he bear away their sins. They are justified through faith in him and they stand before God clothed in his righteousness. That includes righteous Abel. His righteousness, as I've already said, is the righteousness of the God of his salvation who in the fullness of time would make atonement for his sins. The good shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. So you see though Abel was a picture of Christ He was also very different. As for Cain, he really was a bad lot, wasn't he? For one thing, he murdered his brother. But you know, when I read that, it reminds me of something that Jesus said. He said that out of the heart proceed evil thoughts and murders. Who does that speak to? It certainly speaks of Cain, but when Jesus said, out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, idolatries, blasphemies, thefts, fornications, you name it, false testimonies, who is that speaking to? Who was Jesus speaking to there? It's as if Jesus was describing my own heart when he said, out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, and murders. What else can be said about Cain? He tried to bury his sin by burying his brother. 
I wonder who hasn't covered up certain sins that they've committed. And I'm talking about Christians as much as anyone else. Cain lied to God when he was asked, where is Abel thy brother? That was all part of the cover-up. He was being dishonest with God and that's what happens when you sin. Whoever you are, you're being dishonest with God when you bury your sin and then you thank God for the nice meal that you're about to eat. But God is not fooled. Cain was more concerned about himself than the evil that he had committed. Again, I guess that is something that we can all relate to, to varying degrees. How can I get out of this mess? How can I cover it up? Never mind what you've done, your concern is all about how I can get through this mess without people knowing. Whilst all that I've mentioned about Cain is truly terrible, the most serious thing of all is that he was of the wicked one, the devil, and therefore he was not trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ who would eventually come into the world and reconcile to God sinners whose hearts are every bit as wicked as Cain's, yours and mine. That is the real thing here. He had no faith in Jesus. That is why neither he nor his offering were acceptable to God, because he was faithless. Instead of drawing on the enabling grace of God to live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world, he did the lusts of his father, the devil. Therefore, the big difference between the two brothers was that one was trusting in Jesus and the other wasn't. Righteous Abel was murdered, perhaps at a young age, but we can be sure that when he died, he did so with the certain hope of glory, having lived his life in the flesh by faith in the Lord, in the Lord, whereas Abel had no real peace as an enemy of God, and he most certainly had no hope beyond the grave. As for you, at present, do you fit the description of Abel or of Cain. It's actually quite easy, isn't it, when it comes down to it. If you fit the description of Cain, then repent of your sins. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all your evil thoughts, your murders, your adulteries, your sexual immorality, your thefts, your lies, your blasphemies or whatever sins apply to you, whether you have actually committed them or else they remain locked up and hidden away in your heart. With thanksgiving and gratitude, look unto Jesus to keep you from falling and to present you faultless in the presence of God, washed in his blood, clothed in his righteousness and with exceeding joy. Amen.